0: Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Udicast episode 289, and this week we are joined by returning GFOP Devin Mahoney of the Uptown Theater for Creative Arts, one of our favorite recurring GFOPs. Just checking in. It's been a long time since we've talked to him. He's been doing a lot of great work down at the uh, down at the theater over the holidays. If you've been following their YouTube channel, check him out. We're happy to have him on and chat him up uh, for the first time in 2021. Also this week, we'll talk about the COVID stimulus. We'll talk about... Uh, some treason. Uh, we'll talk about history lessons. We'll do a special new segment, Utica Legends, featuring Roscoe Conkling. Uh, that, plus some crazy stories from around the world. Mailbag, Spotify, and some, some artists that we lost this uh, already this year. All of that, folks, and so much more as always. We are happy, ecstatic, beyond excited to have you here.
1: Ooh.
2: Oh, I see. Breakfast. Does that help? I don't know.
0: Huh. It seemed like a rational thing to do because I my stomach was a little upset. I wanted to have some breakfast. Didn't want it to be too mm. heavy. Mm. I had a variety pack of oatmeal. Right. What is in there now is strawberry and cream mm, oatmeal. That's not. That doesn't like, all. It's not good. <laughs> it doesn't seem like I it's not good. It scary. Not settled stomach. I, can't. I wish Consumer Reports magazine had told me not to get the variety pack because yeah. of it. By the way, here's my here's my rant for today. I saw this Consumer Reports thing that came to our house this
2: week. You're holding up a pamphlet that came in the mail. Yeah, but it's essentially yeah, yeah. trying
0: to get me to whoever the last person to live at this house was before me must have had a Consumer Reports uh, subscription, and they're trying sure. to get they're trying to get them back. Uh, I see. Trying, we're trying to get you back. I was always under the impression that Consumer Reports was a scam. It seems like it. Yeah, I don't know. My thought was that Consumer Reports takes money from these companies. To give them better ratings.
2: I thought Consumer Reports was a thing for old people it was. in the 90s. Yes. So it's not for anybody now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It's
2: for old people in the 2020s. It was trash. I liked it
0: when I was a kid because they would put all the different car rankings and stuff and they would rate the cars, like, what's the best car? What's the oh, okay. worst car
2: for your money and stuff, right? Yeah.
0: But, like, I don't know. Now as I get
2: older, I'm like, what? Well. I, I guess. Could, yeah, you had less stuff. You were just out of books. That's all that was. You were out of books, and your parents would buy you a new video game until because your birthday was next month. That's and So true. you had to read consumer That's reports. True. My
0: birthday is next week, actually. It'll be. I'll be thirty-five by the time we get to the next episode. That's a good point. The eleventh? I don't know. That's like, a good point. I'm so old. All right, it's, moving right it's moving right up. It's moving right up. Uh, uh, it you're is, only old
2: if you embrace it like that. It's a state of mind. I like embracing the elderly. I, I, I know. <laughs> uh, I know. Desperate to be like 70. That's true. Uh,
0: I also like hugging old people. And similarly, just like embracing the elderly. Oh. I, mean,
2: <laughs> I just like giving an old person a hug. I was like, boy, what a transition. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, uh, welcome back to the show, folks. It's episode 289 of the Udicast. Uh, the first of 2021, which I gotta say... Pretty overhyped. Didn't seem all that different from 2020 so far. Wow. <laughs> Scalding hot take. Scalding hot take.
2: <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep analysis. Oh, oh, man.
0: <laughs> no, uh, there is a there is a... I don't do a lot of, um, like, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions. We talk about this a million times in the show. Sure. But there is something I do traditionally do around this time of year. Oh. And that is the post-holiday clothing cleanup. Ooh. Which means... It's
2: a nice tradition.
0: Which means I need to go through my drawers and see which of these shirts no longer fit me. Mm. Or no, which of these outfits I'm not mm. wearing. And which of the clothing I've accidentally replaced over the year that now I have surplus of. Right? Mm. This is usually like a day-long process. I look forward to it. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I was opening up my drawer today and like I couldn't get all my t-shirts in. You know
2: what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I do. I was like, oh no, the time is As come. a man who definitely still owns a couple of t-shirts I've had since high school... And cannot part with clothing. <laughs> if it's still good, it's still good. and I need this. What if I'm painting and I need a shirt? A I painting, can get yeah. Dirty? A painting or shirt. Or like, oh, what if I'm, or any kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, what if I'm working on a car and I need something and get oil? I've never How worked on a car in my life. How many paint shirts
0: have I ever needed in my life? One. One shirt, yeah. I assume. And, I, and I've never used it. Um, Yeah, here's another thing I've come to terms with. Angela, my mom, has texted me a couple of days ago. She's like, you need to
2: Angela, your mom, who we're not supposed to mention, on the, supposed to mention on the podcast.
0: Not supposed to me." on the Correct. She's like, hey, I was looking at your. <laughs> the Great Burn. Uh, she's like, hey, I was looking at your, your Amazon list to try and find some Christmas, st- uh, some birthday stuff for you. Are you sure you still wear mediums? And It's like, wow. Wow. Like, wow, wow, wow. Wow. Cold. Wow, wow. Cold blooded. Uh, wow, wow. <laughs> she does actually strike on a point that I've noticed as a guy who lives in this in between medium t shirt, large t shirt range. Mm. There is no rhyme or reason to what is or is not a medium
2: shirt. Uh, that that goes across all, si- all across sizes. Across all, yeah. All sizes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like,
0: I ordered a couple medium Amazon
2: tank tops mm-hmm. earlier this year. And they are huge. They're yeah. so big. I'm swimming in them. Mm-hmm. And then, the, so I was like, oh, man. You got to research how the brands run. But with anything where you're buying, like, just cheap, disposable, like, Bangladeshi clothing like that, you're going to have wild quality control problems. Like, I've definitely had stuff where certain brands like if i buy, I can buy two t-shirts at like a target you know what i mean they'll be the same like just regular you know t-shirts from the same line they'll be the same size and fit completely differently mm. that happens quite often but yeah i know what you mean sizes are always different with brands like i have some shirts that are extra large that are a little bit too big and then i have some shirts that are 2xl that are sauce casing mm. and you never know from brand to brand And plus t-shirts shrink so easily too it's tough out there tough out there that's um, why, but it's good. It's good to toss the clothes every year. That's a good thing to do. To like do like a house cleaning thing every year. So it's not like a a New Year's resolution, but it's like oh, once a year I go, you know, clean out my closets or I clean out my gutters or and just remember at that time. It's a yeah. nice way to like have a set date you can remember and set it near New Year's. I also do this thing that a lot of people do, I think, as well. And I don't know if you've ever fallen in this trap. I'm like, oh,
0: this shirt's a little tight on me now. But don't worry. I'm coming back. Once I lose a couple pounds, <laughs> I'll have a whole new bunch of clothing that I can get back into. I'm coming back. Coming back, yeah. I'm coming no, back. I'm yeah, gonna need yeah. this when I'm back on the
2: block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna need this when I'm when I start dressing for sex again. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of these days. <laughs> when I'm uh, out there like just trying to woo the people to me.
0: Uh Oh, I'll, I won't. Funny. I won't be in good shape until I'm like 50, because then I'll be like, like mm-hmm. my life will be settled, and I'll be like, well, I'm bored now. I guess I'll get in shape. Then you'll be 30 ro- years. Then too you'll
2: be late. roving through the bombed out cities looking for survivors and food. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. So uh, you got Fallout again. I do have Fallout <laughs> again. Uh, I want to talk about a sad story though. Okay. And I'm now realizing that I did not put him on
2: the mixtape this week. You don't even have to say that. You can still change it.
0: No, but I'm I'm gonna go changing now that I've thought yeah, yeah. it because I, I did I, I should have put these two segments together essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was announced earlier this week on Thursday mm. uh, that influential rapper MF Doom, who was much respected in the industry, had passed away earlier this year in October. They announced yeah. it on Thursday. He was 49 years old. Mm-hmm. No cause of death was given, uh, and they're pretty they're keeping it pretty close yeah. to the chest. Uh, there was a really nice note from you know his... what
2: too. Good good. not go ahead. I'm gonna step on your thing, but good yeah. for them for that, and I'll tell you why. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, really nice
0: message from his wife, who called him the greatest husband, father, teacher, student, business partner, lover, and friend I could ever ask for. Thank you for all the things you've shown, taught, and given to me, our children, and our family. Uh, a little under-known, he had a son who passed away, in, uh, a 14-year-old son who passed away a few years ago. So he'd already had some deep sort of sadness in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved mf MFDU, mm-hmm. loved it. Uh, before I move Anybody on, who
2: follows you on the internet knows SF Doom. That's where it comes from. Yeah. I that's think. MF Doom. I'm stunned that a lot of people didn't know what that was
0: from for many years. They didn't understand. That was a reference to a person.
2: I don't think you understood uh, your bias in the bubble you lived in. On people you know who know who MF. Nobody knows who MF Doom is. Yeah. That was the point I was going to make. Is it good for his family for not telling these people? Because you know what? You didn't want to put MF Doom on the front page of the newspaper when he was alive putting out classic, classic rep- records. Yeah you don't get to know now. You know what I mean? If you don't want nothing to do with him then, you don't get anything to do with him now.
0: There have been some really nice articles I've seen over Mm -hmm. the last couple days really talking about his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, Born in 1971, he moved in London, he moved to New York, uh, Long Island, New York, as a child. Started performing and producing under the name uh, Vev Loves X. Crazy names. Zev? Mm -hmm. Zev Love X? It's a wild name. Mm -hmm. Him and his brother, uh, known as DJ Subrock, formed the group KMD uh, in 1991. He went on to wear the metal mask his whole career, uh, that people remember it for, and there's a reason why he wore the mask. He talked about it in a 2009 uh, interview with uh, ta Coates where he said it came out of necessity. Quote, I wanted to get on stage and orate without people thinking about the normal things people think about. Like girls being, oh, he's sexy, or I don't want him, he's ugly, and then other dudes sizing you up. A visual always brings a first impression. But if that's going to be the first impression, I might as well use it to control the story. So why not do uh, something like throw a mask on?
2: Yeah, that was one of the things that he, uh, he, I think, you know rightly gets a lot of credit for. That's really interesting about him is the notion of really leaning into, I'm going to present this entire show with this lore, this character, and I'm going to come out and do this whole thing. And really thinking through... Presenting the product, and you know, that's one of the million things about his career that's really influential in music today. That you see a lot of people um, approaching music in that way from like that genre and style. I
0: remember finding because MF Doom was such an oddball rapper compared to like the stuff people were listening to when I was in high school and a little bit later in college, right? Um, I felt like I stumbled onto something that was for me. You know what I mean? Like, the, all these songs were about, like, food and wrestling and weird sure. sub- pop culture and, like, yeah, stuff yeah. that I wasn't getting from other, mm-hmm. like, rap stuff. He had a whole alter ego named after a villain from a Godzilla movie, put a whole album out right. by it. You I mean, like, just mm-hmm. did whatever he wanted musically in terms of, like, never felt like there were boundaries. And I always appreciated that. Uh, very sad to see him go. Also sad this morning when I found that another wildly important musician for a different reason to me passed away today. Uh, Earlier today, Jerry Marston, who was the lead singer of the 1960s British group Jerry and the Pacemakers, uh, who was known for such hits as "Ferry Cross the Mersey and The Important One. I see. Now I
2: see see what's happening here. (laughs)
0: The song that became the (laughs) anthem of Liverpool Football Club, You'll Never Walk Alone, has died. He was 78 years old. R.I.P. Big Jerry. So, again, if you've never listened to the song You'll Never Walk Alone, it's famously from the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical uh, Carousel, which came out in 1945. After seeing the movie, Marston told his band, we're going to work on this, we're going to do a cover of this song because we love it. Right? Mm-hmm. Did not write the song. This version of the song would go on to become the version adopted by Liverpool Football Club. Right, right. Uh, and this version of the song, to me personally, is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Not just because I'm a mark for Liverpool. I think it's a stunning song. Beautiful song. Um, I said many times, not to get morbid, so listeners out there, when I die, if you're all if you're all here when I die and you come to the wake, mm-hmm. they're going to play this song at the wake. You'll never walk alone during the pacemakers. Mm-hmm. And you should, you're going to cry because it's very sad. But you mm. shouldn't because it's beautiful. Don't I cry see. because it's sad. I
2: see. Cry because of the beauty of life it shows you. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, very sad song. So is the death and wake plan part of the rapidly accelerating wanting to be a 70-year-old man? Is that a part of it? Like you're ready, you're planning yeah. Yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah trying yeah, yeah. to be 75 out <laughs> here just creaking.
0: And I guess that means I gotta put this on the on the playlist this week too. Now mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I gotta change my whole list. <laughs> yeah, it's your Arms. It would, you don't have to say you haven't published this list. Wow, well, like, you're telling on yourself. Right I, now. Like <laughs> I like to be honest. I like to be honest. Yeah. So Jerry, and the pacemakers. You'll never walk alone. Rest in peace. Uh, also, this week, let's talk about uh, something local before we get too far. Always love that. All right. So the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs. They are the number two seed. They're playing this Sunday at home against the Indianapolis Colts, and for the first time this season, New York will allow 6,700 fans at the Buffalo Bills' home playoff game. This was announced Wednesday by Andrew Cuomo. Mm. Governor Publicized News on Twitter, uh, I feel like this has gotten some weird responses from people, and I think it, I don't know if you've seen people talking about this at all, about some people are mad that
2: this is happening. I have been avoiding observing people talking. I do the best I can. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't looked at any any comments or, or any Facebook or anything like that. Uh, I think this is
0: a good example of the weird hypocrisy of humanity, right? Like, sure. I'm I'm I, I'm I struggle with this story. Am I genuinely super excited that the thirteen three Buffalo Bills are in the best place they've been in for football my entire adult lifetime, and I'm more excited to watch them play in the playoffs than I could possibly tell people? Huh? Yes. Yeah. Do I think it's a great idea to put 6,700 people into into the stadium when we're, like, our numbers for COVID are rising in this region? Not particularly. I don't think it's a great this idea. This region
2: or that region, is it the same out there as it is here, specifically?
0: I'd have to look at the numbers specifically. I
2: You would have to see those. I think we would have to see those to, to know. I mean, it depends what you can do carefully. You know... You know me. I am I am staunchly not a, oh, we need to just open it up, herd immunity, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know that's not me. But if they've got the capacity for the size they have at this stadium, it's outdoors, it's in probably very cold weather, and they strictly enforce protocols, there probably is a large number of people you can get safely mm-hmm. in there. If you're going to do it the right way, but, boy, you better do everything the right way because that's part of the trust yeah. that the is going to have to have in you to let you do this as we baby step our way yeah. around and try to figure out how to navigate, you know, these weird times. Mm. Um, so there might be a way, and I hope they have a plan, but I genuinely don't know enough about Buffalo's numbers or Cuomo's plan to speak intelligently on it, to be honest with you. Uh
0: they generally said at the announcement that this would serve as sort of a pilot for other potential future events in the state is what mm-hmm. they sort of talked about. Yeah. I think the general consensus, for most people, is like, wait, like we can't go to like work, but the Bills fans can watch a game. I think seems to be the general like annoyance by people for sure. And I don't think that it's totally wrong to feel that way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think that that's totally wrong. Um, I think that there's a little bit. Uh, there's a tendency to. The, the, the answer to that becomes, okay, so so what then? So nothing? So nothing. So nothing? Correct. So, so nothing. nobody? Yeah. That's always that, oh, well, it's it's not, you know, what about me? What about this? What? Yeah, we know. We know this is an imperfect scenario. Yeah. We're trying it out. But people sitting here and crying and screaming hypocrisy anytime they feel like they're not getting the advantage of mm-hmm. any given situation, that's not helpful. Like, that's childish. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of stupid. Like, yeah, we're going to have to do something. I agree. That's a pretty good point. Why don't you come to the table, get more information, and participate in the discussion? Because yeah. that's the, really the only, yeah. and I, I, you know.
0: And I accept the the hypocrisy on my end, which is, like, I don't necessarily think I want fans at the game. I think it's unsafe. But I'll be happy to see fans in Buffalo happy if the Bills win. I, it's weird, like right? I don't...
2: I don't... I, I think I think this rush... I think this rush yeah. to, to use... Um, I'm certainly no fan of hypocrisy, but this rush to use hypocrisy as a demonizing word... I think papers over a lot of the fact that two things can be true at the same time, yeah. even if they're conflicting. That's the nature of reality. Anybody who engages with the nuance and, and gray area, you know what I mean. That's that's mm. the nature of the world. You know, of course, you would love to see a packed stadium because the Bills, mm. the thirteen and three Buffalo Bills, for the first time ever, out here like doing this crazy stuff. So you would love to see the stadium rocking. But you're also, you know, well aware two things can be true without that making you or anybody else be like a bad person or hypocrite or whatever. Let's do a nice local story. Love it. We're on it. Uh, Rescue Mission of Utica cut a ribbon in front of the
0: first house to finish through the Skill for Success program earlier this week, which allows mm. students learning a trade to help build homes for local low-income families. Uh, the Small House Initiative brings MVCC students learning carpentry, masonry, and other trades together to construct the homes, all located on Noyes Street in Utica. Mm. Uh, first house was given out earlier this week to its mm. new owner. It's a really nice program, really nice story. I was happy to see this. Um, this was given, The new owner is John Smythe. Who mm. said it's a blessing? It's a gift from God. I never thought I could have a house. I'm amazed. I'm happy.
2: I'm blessed. Really nice story. Incredible. Love to see it. I hope they. Oh, I hope they keep it up. I hope they keep doing that. That's really cool.
0: You know, I wasn't going to talk about it this week because I didn't read the story. I didn't bring the story with me. There was an interesting one I read about um, in Spain. Mm. People are essentially homeless. People are moving into these abandoned towns. You know what I mean? Like these uh, towns that have just been, been sort of sure. left to their own, and like the these programs are like helping them rebuild these houses and like give mm-hmm. them starter things to move into pre-existing houses. Mm-hmm. Which makes you wonder why there's not more like creative solutions to some of the problems we see with like homelessness. Because you know I mean?
2: creative solution usually uh, oftentimes means expensive solution yeah. for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Or, yeah. or also things are a little bit different in America. If you take a lot of, without getting too deep into it, you take yeah. a lot of various folks that are homeless and you start moving them into rural areas. Mm-hmm. The folks in those rural areas are going to have some very strong feelings about yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh
0: well, let's talk about something people do have strong feelings about the COVID mm-hmm. stimulus. Did you get your, your stimulus? Oh, a lot I don't of people That's have a question, I gotta look. Probably. A lot of people have been checking over the weekend and said they got it. I don't I've not checked myself. Yeah. But I know a lot of people I'm seeing in the internet are already starting uh, to say they've received their their covid stimulus. So if you have, I hope you guys used it mm-hmm. to It's
2: not a stimulus. Your COVID, no.
0: your survival payment. Your survival payment. Uh Earlier this week, the houses of both Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell were vandalized in response uh, to the inability to increase stimulus checks to $2,000 for millions of Americans. I mean, you don't like to see vandalism, uh, but I think it's pretty telling when both these places are getting vandalized that a lot of people on both sides of the party are mad that they couldn't do more
2: for people, like the everyday
0: person. uh, That they didn't. That they didn't,
2: Well, not not to be fair, though, not they didn't, but... The both sides bullshit as if as if Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell right. did even remotely the same thing over the last right. twelve months. I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not gonna, gonna entertain that shit. I know not you, but I'm just saying. Um, I don't really, I don't love vandalizing people's houses. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I dislike it. Uh, I, you know, obviously I'm not. I'm not for it. People shouldn't be doing it. But I'm not going to pretend that it's that like that's the same, on the same level of crime mm-hmm. as. Like various other things. I think we should, you know, we shouldn't be going to people's homes and doing stuff. And they're both old as hell, but who knows? People got kids at the house, whatever kind of stuff like that. You just, you can't, you can't have it. You know what I mean? Find another way. I understand the anger, but you got to find another way.
0: Here's a weird thing about the COVID bill, no one seems to be talking about until today. Mm. Uh, Apparently, there was something in the COVID bill Mm. that got signed uh, that stated there is a 180 day. They're calling it countdown for the Pentagon and spy agencies to say what they know about UFOs. Mm. So, so apparently we're in the within 180 days we got to know about the UFOs. Mm, so they'll just say nothing. So no, so nothing. I heard an interesting take about UFOs this week. Okay. The term UFO is misleading. Uh. Because the UFO, when people say UFOs, mm. they think aliens. But a UFO is a broad anything that is unidentified is a UFO. It's not Correct. the implication yeah, that yeah. all UFOs are mm-hmm. little green men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to think I say I want to hear this on the Sopranos podcast, of all places. I think, uh, but it was yeah, because I think uh, it was a debate about whether people believe in aliens or not. Mm. It was like I think people understand that UFOs exist because it could be a lot of different things. Sure, it's a different thing than saying aliens exist. 100. Either way, 180 knows. 180 days will know more about some unidentified flying objects.
2: Apparently, mm-hmm. thanks to the COVID. Thanks, dot. thanks to the New York Post. Yeah, thanks to the for Post. that uh, hard-hitting reporting. <laughs> uh,
0: here's a story I've seen a couple people talking about. Florida became the third U.S. state this uh, this week to identify a new coronavirus variant that first initially emerged in the United Kingdom. Uh, Apparently, it is a mutated, more dangerous version. Mm -hmm. Are we paying
2: more attention to the mutated COVID strain? I mean, yeah, this has been a problem for weeks since it showed up in the UK. That's the reason the UK restricted all outgoing travel and shut down Mm -hmm. all their events and clamped down like a month ago. Yeah, it's a huge problem.
0: Yeah, Dr. Fauci, nation's top infectious disease expert, said on Wednesday that this new variant is likely present in multiple states already. Uh, of course, something it's going to it's it, gonna yeah. be
2: everywhere. Nobody's—I mean, nobody's going to stop. Yeah, you know, nobody's going to stop. But this is—I mean, this, you know—shout out to all the all oh, the death rate is only one percent, like the small-brained, uh, small-brained <laughs> folks. Who, because here's the like, if you okay, so you go out there and you're like, oh, well, I don't care if I get it; it's not going to kill me. Yeah. See, everybody's okay; they got it. The more people get it, mm. follow along. The more people get it, the more chances the virus has to mutate, and some yeah. wild stuff happens. And then if it mutates to a fifty percent lethality rate, uh, sign we all, oh, you know, we had to have public events like you. Uh, there's uh, totally, totally,
0: okay. un, totally unrelated, totally unrelated. Earlier this month, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis told Florida they should not expect any additional lockdowns, saying that they are totally off the table. So totally unrelated from from Governor DeSantis, in Florida. Great. Uh, speaking of just wild, terrible people. Uh, A story coming out this week from a former employee to Wisconsin Medical Center who intentionally removed 57 vials of coronavirus vaccine from refrigeration, forcing officials to throw away nearly 500 doses.
2: Jail. Jail, for sure. This is like... Lose your license, never be able to practice again. Jail.
0: They didn't say in this particular NPR article that I'm reading if there was a reason why she did it. They said that they initially claimed that it was an accident, but then it was found that it was not. Jail. Yeah, jail for sure. (laughs) Jail. Uh, let's move away from COVID for a moment because I do have some political stuff I feel like we need to talk about today. Uh, first off, Joe Biden announced earlier today, or earlier this week, that he would replace the inauguration parade with a short walk to the White House mm. in a tradition, an event trying to discourage large gatherings. Yeah. Uh, bands, dancers, and poets will hold virtual performances mm-hmm. instead. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, we had a little bit of light treason this week. Some heavy, heavy some, some heavy treason. Heavy treason.
2: Watergate on steroids. Yeah. Uh, do we, I don't know. It's not funny.
0: It's not funny, but, like, I, it's wild. I wonder how this must have just come out, right? Like, I'm surprised this didn't get released earlier. it, You know I mean? It seems like... The call just happened. It just happened, happen. happen. yeah. The
2: call happened. I mean, and they put it right out after after Lindsey Graham called them trying to get them to do the same thing. They didn't have the recording.
0: Yeah, uh, according... This is from CNN Politics, but every news source mm. has this, so you can go read it if you want. Yeah. Uh, uh, in a fresh abuse power, Trump tried to bully top Georgia GFOP officials into finding votes to overturn. the
2: GFOP official GFO, official. Did I? <laughs> the old habit. I can't help it. Uh, this, GFOP officials. Yeah. Uh,
0: the staggering telephone call, which was obtained by CNN and first reported by the Washington Post, amounted to the most serious threat yet posed by the authoritarian instincts to American democracy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, even, uh, it's really him talking about essentially needing to find 11,780 votes and, and then threatening them. Threatening or Finding them. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this. I mean, this is this is literally this makes the Nixon tapes in Watergate look like like nothing. Yeah, yeah. I don't.
0: Uh, you wonder if they're not going to impeach him again? Certainly, they should. They, sh- they, they should. They're they should. not going to, but they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, these next this next week is going to be such a mess. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Like, I've stayed away from any of the, the next
0: next three days. The rest
2: of your life is going to be, I mean, really, like, for the next X amount of years until we get it figured out. Yeah, this shit's going to be wild.
0: I have two separate articles if you want to read for further reading this week. They're both from The Atlantic. One is called Worse Than Treason, mm-hmm. uh, which is talking about the amount of, no amount of rationalization from members of the Republican Party can can make, can hide the fact that this is an attempt to overthrow mm. constitution. Like, yeah. Uh, again, I won't dig into all of it. It's really it's a good article. It's on the Atlantic. Uh, I will say the other uh, the other interesting part of this was ten former uh, all ten former living Secretaries of Defense, including the two who worked under Donald Trump, uh, signed and uh, signed an accord earlier this week, uh, pursuing claims of uh, cautioning against any move to involve the military in pursuing claims of election fraud, arguing it would take the country into dangerous, lawful, and unconstitutional territory. I mean, a lot of people will say, like, oh, of course, the two guys who Trump fired would sign on, but the fact that all ten living members, both Democrats that's, and Republicans, that's a
2: that's a trash tag. anybody who says yeah, that slap yeah. them in their mouth for being stupid. Um, <laughs> Dick Cheney signed Dick it. Dick Cheney, yeah, Dick fucking Cheney signed it. Yeah, this this should. St- yeah, Dick Cheney,
0: R- Donald Rumsfeld, William Cohen, Robert Gates. Uh, you know the list goes on. Including James Madison, Mark Esper, who are the last two. Yeah. So in case you didn't think what he did was serious, these ten former livid, uh, living, living. Uh, Pentagon chiefs all agree that this is bad. This is real bad. All right, let's talk about... Uh, let's do some light stuff before we head out here. I have one more article, which isn't as light as I'd like it to be. This is also from The Atlantic. It's a pretty good read called in Life, uh, The Life in the Simpsons is No Longer Attainable. Uh, it's really mostly about uh, Homer Simpson's paycheck, which mm-hmm. during one episode of an episode of the show, it was found out he makes... Four hundred and seventy-nine point six dollars per week, mm. which means nineteen ninety-six, his annual income was about twenty-five thousand mm. uh, dollars, which would be roughly forty-two thousand dollars today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but salary aside, like the world that Homer Simpson lives in would be impossible on the amount of money he makes. Mm. Uh, particularly if you go to a nineteen ninety-three episode where he's unable to afford orthodontics for his daughter, if it isn't for the fact that he becomes the leader of the union. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So
2: uh, again, I won't dig into every piece of I, this article? I read this article. I thought... I, I I kind of thought this article like missed the point. Did you? I thought it was interesting. The whole point of like the show in those early seasons is that it's not realistic. Like They make the whole point in the first mm. five or six seasons of that show that it's not realistic they can live this life on this wild salary and it's only because of all these things that come in and it goes to show that this American dream is no longer becoming attainable for regular folks to do this and you need wild, outside-the-pale good luck to do well... When they bring in that episode with that guy was Frank, Frank Grimes, Grimes, Homer's enemy. That's, that's the whole episode. like the whole crux of that episode is him highlighting like yeah. how is this possible if it weren't for this completely like outsized, you know, TV show magic good luck. You would never be able to live the life you live on doing this kind of thing. I thought that was kind of like the point. Yeah. I thought that was the point of the show back then. As well as See, now. That's glad, why I thought they missed the point. I'm
0: glad you brought that up, actually, because mm.
2: that Homer's Enemy episode,
0: which mm-hmm. is, I think, season eight, which is one of the more controversial episodes The Simpsons ever sure. made, because like, he dies in the end, spoiler for an episode 20 minutes later. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the show really takes Homer, the character, to task on the show yeah. in a way that they had never done before. And, mm. you know, that's probably a, a, a counterpoint to this piece in general. So read this piece, and then go watch Homer's <laughs> Homer's Enemy on Disney yeah, yeah, yeah. plus or whatever. Uh, Quick no duh section. Uh, Earlier this week it was announced uh, that U.S. uh, dietary guidelines have changed and that kids under two years old should not be eating candy, cake, or ice cream.
2: I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. Duh. Duh. (laughs) Duh. Uh, And just two quick big energy segments before we get to this this interview. Uh, First one, you folks are going to have to look this up because I can tell you what happened, but the picture is the important part. Earlier this week, a man tried to smuggle wow. thirty-four thousand dollars worth of cocaine through an airport under his toupee. It is one of the worst attempts to hide anything I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Go look this up and look at the picture; it's unreal. Yeah. Big energy though for this guy thinking he can get away with this. Oh, man. Yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> like such confidence. He's like, oh yeah, no, I got yeah, this. Yeah, I'm great. This is I'm good. totally good. Here's the fine. plan. Okay, so I'll just put it under my. It's terrible. Oh my god. Uh, and then last but not least, for big energy, uh, this is another story. This is from india.com. Uh, a man, uh, earlier this week, a man found out his wife was cheating on him mm-hmm. when he found a tunnel built from the his house to the house of his lover. <laughs> so, His wife's lover? His, his wife's phone? lover. Okay. His wife's, uh, according to the reports, a construction worker named Alberto built a passageway that allowed him to visit a woman named Pamela at her residence in the neighborhood where they lived. When her husband And he would do this while her husband was at work, okay? The couple would meet there, but one day he came home early and found Alberto hiding behind the sofa. He noticed the hole that led to the tunnel and followed the tunnel all the way back to Alberto's house.
2: Unbelievable.
0: Now, here's what I appreciate the most about this, okay? Upon reaching the house, Alberto pleaded with the man mm. to leave the house because he was trying to hide the affair from his wife. <laughs> yo bro listen i know you got me but my wife can't know that
2: i'm cheating where was alberto's wife well, while he was alberto's doing construction <laughs> on the first woman's home
0: there's a picture of the wow. tunnel here on the internet if you want to look at it but it's not a great tunnel uh you know i would do anything for love except build a sure, tunnel yeah wow wow <laughs> oh, good stuff Oh man! Speaking of big energy, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about one of my favorite people in the world, Devin Mahoney. He is mm. the man from the Uptown uh, Theater for Creative Arts. Uh, he's been doing so much stuff down there, whether it's on their social media, whether it's on the YouTube channel, which has been really good. You know, I, I don't know if it any never of you, stops. if you guys didn't go on during the holidays and check out their like mm. holiday video stuff that they were doing, it was really great. I watched a live stream for it; it was a lot of fun.
2: You know, and it's. It's probably a tough world for Devin
0: over there, you know? I can't 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 imagine imagine how tough it's been for him. You know what I
2: mean? With the way that everything's kicking up. and their bread and butter was gathering people. Yeah. You know? Gathering people together was their whole, is the whole, you know, that's the crux of everything they do.
0: So honestly, it's just been a while. I wanted to check in with Devin, see how he's doing, hope things are going okay, and see what we can do to check in with our good friend Devin Mahoney and his pals at the Uptown. I can still hear you guys. Can't hear you. You can't hear me? Uh, that's all right. Let me see. Hey. Can
3: I do something. What did it? I do? All right. Can you hear me now? That's probably my fault. This meeting is being recorded. Continue. It's
4: not that. I think it's hmm.
0: a not- There we go. I oh. I, mean, I just muted us. Here we go. We're back. Okay. Right. Um, uh, I'm so happy that I have both of you guys here. Um,
4: Thanks. I was just coming to say hi. I didn't want to crash the interview. I just wanted to say hello to you. And also, I have a magnet for you, so I wanted your address so I could send it
0: to you. I will uh, DM it to you because not too long ago, I shit you not, I got robbed at this house. So I don't like giving my address on the internet anymore. Oh, God. I don't blame you. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, somebody stole my PlayStation 4. Long story short, I got a PlayStation 4 in return from a friend of mine earlier this week who was giving theirs away. So shout out to Mark. But yeah, I've been real gun shy. I'm usually, I usually don't lock my doors. I'm like one of those kind of people. Yeah, you know,
3: I, I don't um, ever want anyone to break in here.
0: No, no, you have a beautiful house too, so I would never want.
3: To- <laughs> someone would come in here and be like, "Oh, someone's already, somebody's already hit this place." Just like <laughs> shit on the floor. Oh, there's no valuables here. Like someone must have, someone must have already robbed this place. This is a uh- house. It's a very we have we have a uh, a very nice house my wife makes a very lovely home.
0: She always has every time I've ever been there it's always lovely. Um
3: yes. <laughs>
0: it's lovely, but you know
3: it's like it's, it's frozen. We've been stuck in here for months.
0: Well, that's the thing I was going to ask you. You guys like to put on like an event historically. This has probably been really really tough for you guys, not only just at work but even in your private life.
4: Oh uh, yeah, to not be like hosting. It
0: sucks. You yeah. yeah. like to we like to have We
4: like to have friends around and uh like that's always been part of us we always have hosted like barbecues and like parties and stuff and also like uh people visiting from out of town and I think without any of that motivation to like clean up the house every now and then it's like it's like gray gardens in here like we're just buried in like garbage and unopened mail and like I just don't know what's going on (laughs)
0: No, it's, it's true. I was just talking to Kevin about this, actually. This is the annual time of year where I have to go through all of my clothes and see what I've gotten too fat for. This is like the time of year, like <laughs> right in the, right before my birthday, I do this every year. And I have so much stuff to go through. My house feels like it's piling up with like cardboard and stuff from Christmas leftovers.
3: Yeah, yeah. it took us a couple days to, um, to uh, uncover ourselves from all the Christmas packaging.
0: Now, honestly, you know, it's the last time, Devin, you were on the show, and I just wanted to bring this up, it was July 12th, 2020, which is almost six months ago, you know what I mean? And uh, and I reached out to you primarily because, you know, in, in the COVID times, it was hard to, you know, I was reaching out to people I trust and people who we've been on the show before yeah. because, you know, who knows what's going on with everything. But it is now episode 289, you know, I've been watching the stuff that you guys have been doing on... On the you know on YouTube, I think you guys have been doing a great job. But I have to ask you: I drive by the building every day. How how hard has this been for you guys, and how how have things been so far as we're six months related since we last talked? Uh,
3: it's it's been spirit crushing. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been really hard, you know. If uh, you know, like you just mentioned, first of all, because we're social creatures. And, um, you know, that was the whole reason we came back here. So, so for, for that to be, you know, kind of not doing now is hard having to find other things to do. I had to get another job, you know, um, and, uh, it's hard. We're trying to, you know, make the best of our time to kind of, uh, do the behind the scenes work. We just had a, uh, uh, board meeting yesterday to talk about our. Uh, we're planning on going out for you know uh, with a capital campaign in the spring. Now that we've done the lobby and the studio, this is really kind of the the time we need to raise the money to do the next phase, which is opening up the front half of the theater and the stage. Uh, so we're going to be we're going to try to make the best of this time, so that when this is all over, we will be um, ready to go as a place for people uh, to be and congregate and, and have community. I think the world is going to look very different. I don't know what it'll look like, but we want. But I think that um, there will be a need for that when this is all over. So we want to make sure that we can hit the ground running. Uh, When that time comes,
0: you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about this recently. I don't know if it's just the turning of the year. I don't know if it's just, you know, whatever, you know, the change of election stuff, whatever it is, this whole change. I feel like a lot of people are saying things are bad, but we're starting to feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not there personally right there, but I'm starting to feel a little more positivity from people. Have you started thinking about what everything looks like when it goes back to normal? Will you still sort of? lean into the YouTube stuff you guys have been doing, which has been really yeah,
3: good. Yeah, i never stopped, which is nice. It's it's forced us to lean into the digital stuff, which we're really enjoying. I think we're getting better at every time we do it. I don't know if you saw our Christmas special. I did. Uh, I, I'm really proud of that. I had very little to do with it. And I think it was, uh, the less I had to do with these, the better they get. Mostly Bree does them. But I'm just so proud of all the people and the... the um, that have come together, the things they've done, the um, from writing. It
1: kept like our core, like family, together.
3: It's kept our core group engaged, which is nice. That's the hardest thing, you know. We, we built so much momentum in terms of classes and, and performances. We were doing those movies, and just as things were were finally taking off, and and money was coming in, and we were going to be able to use that to, you know, uh, keep renovating. The, our legs just got taken off and our studio space is so small that with COVID restrictions, we could have uh say kind of Sam. Show for, a show for two
1: people. Yeah.
3: You know, <laughs> we, we had, we were doing open mic nights in this in the studio for, you know, 20 or 35 people. And now you could have maybe five people on there with masks. So, you know, the, the lobby where we were showing 50 people movies and, and doing shows we can't do now. So it, we have to focus on the next yeah. step because, um, who even knows what... what?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's part of the challenge of like looking ahead is we don't know what restrictions we might have to work within. So like if, if we just get the go ahead to like just go back to normal, I mean, that's one thing. But if we need to have like reduced capacity, that's really gonna be challenging for us. And without those like events and shows that we were doing on a regular basis, which, you know, besides just being like proof that this works and people want it. It was also providing like all of just our operating revenue, and we could, you know, invest it into like improvements and this and that. So anyway, so
4: I'm I'm looking towards the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm a little bit worried just about when that will really happen for us. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> there's a light. There's a dim light, right? Like at least there's not <laughs> Trump anymore. You know, like at least in three weeks someone will be in charge. You know, there's a vaccine. Yeah. Fuck it. Like, who knows when we'll get it, but at least it's there is one now. You know, like I'm not expecting it to be soon, but at least there are indicators that that like point to start thinking about what when this is
0: over. I hate to think about it that way too, because I'm I'm sort of with you on that push. You know, we talk about Maiden Utica stuff. We were severely limited even last year with what we could do with events where we stood outside and gave away pumpkins for free so until we have an idea of what we can even potentially do we're we're essentially stuck at a standstill and you know and it's it's such a shame you know i've spent so many years you know whether doing podcasting in new york or coming back here and working with stuff i just love working with creative types i love working with creative people and you know, I, I don't, you know, it's not exactly the same thing what we do and what you guys do, but community interaction is very the same, very much the same. And in terms of you want people to be there and to be in contact with it. And I I do think, and this is my one positive I'm going to take from this. I wonder if we get into a situation where when things start to get normal, we see a higher uptick in people coming out to events. And- I, I
3: think so, man. I mean, you keep hearing about the Roaring Twenties following the, the Spanish flu, right? Yeah, I, I feel like people are gonna to want to go out. Like what that look like looks like might look different. It's also hard for us because we can't really plan anything in terms of we don't know if we're gonna be able to fit a thousand people in there now or twenty five. You know, like so so maybe we have to space out and focus more on making it you know yeah. clusters and in different seating arrangements and and who knows, but um, at the very least you know we're we're trying to do. Neat, we need to do this next step to fix the roof. So because without that, we can't do anything else inside because it's just going to get messed up.
1: Yeah. So the roof was supposed to be on our hit list of
4: stuff that we were trying to fundraise for um, in 2020 um, because it's in bad shape and um, without a roof, the rest of the building is obviously in jeopardy, so that's where that's where we were heading. Um, but you know, this was not a good year to try to fundraise by any means. Everyone was being very careful with their dollars and their investments, and so um, we were fortunate that the community foundation gave us um, a like a small emergency sort of grant to tackle a couple of repairs to at least make sure that we could hopefully, fingers crossed, get through winter. Um, and live to
0: fight another year, so. Uh, it's so tough, you know, cause I, I was just talking about this with Kevin on the earlier part of the show, you know, there's, it feels like people want things to start happening so bad. Like even look at these like Buffalo Bills thing this weekend. Like the Bills are gonna have 6,700 people in the stadium. And I'm like, so caught, I'm a Bills fan. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a weird hypocrisy. At, I don't want to call it that cause I don't know if it's that malicious. But like we're so desperate to get back to some semblance of reality, I'm can, I'm afraid that we're just gonna plow headlong and it's gonna get worse.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we're already doing that, right? Like this thing should have been done by now, which which sucks. And and it's uh, yeah, I and mean, people keep doing that, and and we keep running into instances where it's it's uh, it could go either way, and you feel like an asshole. But uh, at a certain point, if if pe- if everybody did the right thing for a little while, we could all get on with our lives.
1: Yeah.
0: I've heard a lot of my, like, uh, my more right-wing or libertarian, we'll call them friends, who've said some stuff about that that's so far to the right that it's almost left-wing again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, they they were essentially like, they should just give us, like, $20,000 and shut us down for four weeks, and then it's over after that. I'm like, I don't think they're going to give us $20,000. <laughs> but, but you're you're halfway there to a cognitive thought, though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I just, I you know, I guess for me, I was just so I'm so happy. I was so happy, you know, this is behind the curtain stuff. I was so happy that anybody was invested in that Uptown Theater. And then when I, you know, met you guys and we got to be, you know, closer, I was so happy that it was you guys. And it makes me so upset that like people I know who are doing great things and cool things are getting their legs chopped off because of this. And I I, I find it hard as a you know I'm a history major, right? That's what I do for a living it's hard for me to like put in context that this is unprecedented in our lifetime. Yeah. There is no response to this. For every right or wrong response, whether politically or socially I'm seeing, it's because no one knows how to respond to this. We've never seen it before. Not our lifetime.
3: Yeah, yeah so it, I mean, it, it's um, there's no planning for it. There's nothing you can do. It's just, you're, you're stuck in the middle of it. Um, you gotta improvise, you know, to bring yep. it back. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so we're, we're trying to work on the building. I think we're going to get back into doing classes again soon, probably online. You know, I, I'd like to start doing, I've been reluctant to, to do some of that stuff because I think people have enough of um, Zoom and, and being online and I just don't want to do it, you know, I, um, but we're going to look into, you know, we want to start doing video production classes and, and teaching editing and getting everyone involved, you know, who wants to and, and making the kind of content we've been making and and letting them make their own content and- and uh,
4: Yeah, it's true. We can probably do classes sooner than any kind of audience.
3: Right, so the audience thing is gonna be a while, but but we'll, you know, at least online be doing classes or we're taking a little hiatus on the Uptown Tonight Show, but we'll be back with more stuff like that, you know, in the spring. And uh, in the meantime, just trying to, you know, put one foot in front of the other it's but we're we're in an okay spot you know all things considered um yeah. we got on the register so we're we're finally in a spot now where we're talking with co- some consultants about trying to shop and leverage our tax credits and um do
4: some stuff. it's like well there's we're, the future like the future looks bright but like the present is a little bit more precarious because we just have our like regular bills to pay and yeah. so when we did like a Giving Tuesday fundraiser, it was literally like, we just need some dollars to help us limp along <laughs> right now because this was like an unexpected. And we're in a weird way fortunate because we had such low overhead because we weren't really like up and running. We were kind of still just a, a small little outfit. So it's not like but we, we have, have like all these big monthly costs. We
3: don't have a lot of expenses. You know, it's we nice just need to keep going. But it's, we are hemorrhaging money, and we're paying two thousand dollars a month insurance on a building that we, you know, nobody can go inside. So you're
0: <laughs> you're also implying that that six hundred dollar stimulus did not help you in any particular way. Uh,
3: we got a small loan, and it's it's helping, but it's you know that's uh, yeah, you know that's only gonna last so long.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? oh, I, I gotta I gotta say something. I gotta say something just because your your son has been popping back in. I love that he is so obsessed with Zelda I've by accident seen like three different Zelda things that he's carrying and it's amazing I'm so happy that that's
3: yeah it. he's uh we've, we've gotten really into it, it hey yeah. yeah show she I- chica Slate. that's really cool is Zelda like your favorite game yeah
0: yeah and you got he's got like three Zelda games now mm-hmm. I didn't know there were so what? many <laughs> you know it's my uh, my nephew's actually just bought uh, Nintendo switches for you know that in the last year And it's funny to me because I grew up playing Nintendo. Like, that was my system of choice as a little kid, a regular Nintendo. And the fact that all of, like, my nieces and nephews and all the kids just know all of these characters, I find it weird. It's like when the Marvel movies were, like, made Thanos a thing that regular people talked about. I'm like, why? I can't believe I've gotten here. (laughs) Yeah, and they know more about it than I do now. Yeah.
3: He's filling me in, huh? (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, listen, Deb, I... Normally you and I could go for hours and hours. I don't want to kill you guys here. I know you guys have been busy working and I know the zoom thing isn't great.
3: Oh, good. And we always have time for you. <laughs> no, I know. But I,
0: I just, before we go any farther, I just want to make a point. You know, I, I drive by, I see all the time. It makes me I think about you guys all the time. Cause I live right around the corner. So yeah, that- talk about it. If people, you know, if people do want to help you guys now, is there a place that they can go to support you guys right now? If they want to do something, to make sure you guys are keeping the lights on and, Dang
3: yeah, that. our our website's always there taking donations. Uh, uptownutica.org. Um, dot org.
4: Facebook donations. Facebook,
3: we you know we we we'll always take donations. Um, so yeah, you go to the website, check in. We're gonna be putting out some stuff soon, so um, so start looking for that. You know, we're gonna be we're gonna you know be a little bit more visible. Uh,
4: Follow our Instagram so you get updates.
3: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Slowly but surely, you know, we're, uh, we got a lot of, we got a fun group producing a lot of fun stuff. And we're, we've even added people over the um, break, which has been nice people watching us online and finding it and wanting to join in. And that's been a lot
0: of fun. What I was going to say, actually, you, you mentioned it sort of in passing, and I kind of want to come back to it. You know, you talked about a lot of the creative control you handed over to a lot of the folks who do, you know, who do the work for you, the the Cates and Young Jaces and Leakies of the world. I've started learning more about these individuals through you guys. Has that sort of been like a nice bonus having people you can just rely on to work with content to come up with content you don't have to like facilitate on your own?
3: Yeah it's been great. They're you know they're they're learning fast and they're learning on their own. Like Jason uh is just uh shout out to young Jace is yeah. um you know learning animation we wanted we wanted him to do he's
1: not learning it from us he's not learning from us <laughs> he's doing it on ah. his own, you
3: know but um but for the Christmas special, we thought we wanted uh, live Noah to do a, um, a Hanukkah song. So we thought it would be fun to have Jason animate it because he's been doing those. So we put those guys together and uh, they did a, they made a cool video. I'll be home for Hanukkah, which was uh, awesome. So seeing like collaborations like that, you know, two guys who wouldn't have known each other otherwise come together and, and make a cool little you know video like that mm-hmm. um, and and. And just seeing so many other people around here who have you know such great talent and natural ability um yeah it feels good to be like okay we set we got this show up and running now you guys can do that and we'll go figure out another one and um and i
4: think people are like um sort of developing the things that they wanted to do or were good at and just wanted you know there's some people who basically say like I'm busy, but call me if you want me to like act in something. And then there's some people who like write. And then there's some people who are working more on like, you know, directing or like flexing those muscles. So people are like picking up different things along the way. Um, So that's been fun.
0: I think that's great. And and honestly, I, I love just the opportunity that you guys even provide for people to give them a platform. You know, I even going back to the show, we did the last live thing we did way before yeah. this all started, you know, like I was honored just to even have the opportunity to be up there and hang out with you guys. Cause I'm, you know, it's just, just cool to be involved. And I think there's a lot of stuff that when we get back to normal, I think people are going to want to do and want to be involved in, you know what I mean? And I
3: hope so we're going to, we're going to try to do the legwork so that, uh, you know, we have a whole bunch of new stuff ready to go when that time comes. Uh,
0: and again, folks, uh, it is U dot org is the website. For yes. Your,
3: or uh, uptownutica.org Uptown as well is, is easier for people to remember. They both go to the same place. Um, you, but you can find out about uh, uh, upcoming stuff, classes when we're, we'll be having them. Uh, we'll probably figure that out soon. Um, and uh, what else am I forgetting? Nothing. Nothing. That's about
0: Well, it. before I let you go, I have two last quick lightning round questions for you guys. I got you here. Uh, number one, and I guess this is sort of a question for both of you guys. So I guess they both are. Number one, do you guys do resolutions for New Year's, or are you anti-resolutions?
3: I'm anti-resolution.
0: Anti-resolutions. So you didn't quit anything this year? Nothing you want to change for 2021?
3: No, I don't get stuff up. Well, I mean, I I am. Uh, I think it's a good time to reflect and be, uh, you know, and and, and uh, think about things you want to do or, or changes you want to make. But no, I don't. I don't. I don't pick like one thing or. Um, too much changes, right? Like a pandemic can come up and then what the fuck, right? Like then how do you learn how to climb a mountain? Like
4: last year I spent the first like two, it wasn't a resolution, but I spent the first like two months of 2020 on this like healthy eating weight loss thing only to spend by March being like stuck at home and doing nothing but eating. It was so pointless, but I'm not anti-resolution and I encourage people to do them. I think I just am old enough and self-aware enough. They're just not for me but My I can in- get them.
0: <laughs> My initial resolution like three years ago was to fit back into medium t-shirts and I'm still working on that from two years ago. So when I get that one done, I'll start working on the ones after that. Right, like let's, like, why do we have to do them every year? Let's just, uh, let's get w- let's, one thing at a time. And give me, uh, and before I let you guys go, give me one book, album, movie, or show you guys have been reading, listening to, or watching since last I saw you.
3: Hmm. Better Off Ted. We've been watching Better Off Ted the last two days rewatching. And really have you not seen it Hmm. oh you absolutely must watch it then sam i'll Um, let
0: it down right now
4: decade old
3: yeah it's about a decade (laughs) old now which is crazy to think of how old it is i actually worked on the show uh as a writer's assistant and it was it was just too smart and funny for its own good to be on to be on network tv um it's really fantastic about an an evil uh corporation that kind of does everything from defense and weapons to like uh, wet naps and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm
0: gonna look this up now because I feel like I. Now that you're mentioning this, I feel like I've either. S- oh, I do remember this show. <laughs> who's this? Main, who's this main guy? Jay Harrington. Jay Harrington.
3: Oh my University god. University. Yeah. So that's a good one. We watched Ted Lasso. I think was the show it's of the two year. Ted shows. Two Ted shows. Yeah, the Ted shows. I guess that that's what that
0: would be my I recommendation. Liked Ted
4: Lasso. It wasn't. I don't know why. I don't know why I liked
0: it. Because it's fantastic. A lot of people said that. I think. I I think a lot of people thought it would be underwhelming, and were surprised.
4: Sort of pleasant, I guess. Yeah, it had, it had and I'm good with pleasant right
0: now. My old boss, Bill Lawrence from Scrubs, he gives it. He, yeah. he knows how
3: to give it that. Give things um, uh, a weight without without um, going overboard. Um, but I think he's really good at giving shows heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, total side note, just because I was planning on starting it this week because I'm already two seasons in. Did you guys do Cobra Kai or are you out on Cobra Kai? We <laughs> had my favorite. you want to? Uh, uh...
4: Um, I said it started off as Eastbound and Down and then turned into One Tree Hill. And then we were like over <laughs> that's, it. That's <laughs> a, it.
3: Took, it took like
0: a hard left oh. in the 90210 territory. Yeah. Like, that is a phenomenal analogy. Like I, I, I've <laughs> talked about the show. Like it's sort of, it in itself is sort of like The Hunger Games. Which is like, I like the world building. I like the idea. But the second they get into like, oh, is Katniss going to date this guy or this guy? I'm out. Like, I like the world
1: building. What, it like, just took a
3: weird... At the
0: beginning, I was super into it. Yeah, like watched, Johnny watched, and like, like they, motivated. the way they
3: flipped the, um, you know, the good guy yeah. and the bad guy. Like it was brilliant. And and it was like, like kind of like raw. And, and like, yeah. and it just got into like, they've got a daughter and they're dating and they're going to do karate Gee. on a date. Like it's... Uh, just, so
0: awful. Yeah, the kid actors are tough for me, and I think that's why I've been a little gun shy to start season three. Yeah,
3: and it's hard to see Daniel Russo as like a sixty-year-old man who obviously never actually learned karate. You know, like I'm not you buying really? it. No, I just no way. Like that Johnny could really kick somebody's
0: ass. Daniel Russo just looks like a. I gotta give Johnny some credit. He's low-key a better or Williams Zabka, Pardon me. He's low-key a better actor that I gave him credit for when the series started. He's yeah, pretty okay.
1: good. Has he like done things? this whole
0: time no no yeah. i looked this up not too long ago he did a few things after but, around karate kid but that was about it that guy in like three
3: or four or five movies yeah I mean, that exact character he's yeah. just not a mother once
0: he was like a he was the jerk in like another teen movie too that's like a less famous one he was essentially jerky high school dickhead guy like in another movie yeah he, he's,
3: the, he's the prototype right
0: like he's yeah the, he's the best Yeah, uh Devin, brianna I love you guys so much. We
3: love you, man.
0: Thank you. Uh, I'm very sad that we didn't get to do a Christmas party like we did the last few years. I know that was probably a big... I always look forward to it. (laughs) Um, But again, things are different. I hope that by the time we see each other, next time I can give you all a big hug and not feel weird about it. Thank you, guys, man. It's so great to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Dev Brianna, love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye Once again, to Devin, the pony, the man, the myth, the legend. Great time. All right. So, normally this is where I would do five history lessons. Pick five history lessons from earliest to latest. Uh. This week, we're going to do something different. I'm going to start something. I don't know how often we're going to do this, depending on how, how much you folks like it. Mm. Uh, I'm going to do something called Utica Legends. Oh, man. Every now and then, then, we're going to read about a famous historical figure from Utica's history. And we'll go through what makes them famous and how they're connected to the city. And we'll just go through that as opposed to a full history lesson. How's that sound? Sure. And today we're going to start with an easy one. Uh, On this day, we're going to talk about Roscoe Conkling. Mm. Roscoe Conkling was a lawyer and politician from New York who served both as a member of the U.S. House of Representatives and on the United States Senate. He was a leader of the stalwart faction of the Republican Party and the first Republican senator from New York to be elected to three terms. He was also the last person to turn down a U.S. Supreme Court appointment, which he'd already been confirmed
2: to. Do uh, you have any years, just for context for the listeners? Yeah, I'll,
0: I have some years in here. I'll, I'll let you know as we get farther through. Conkling, in general, was a temperate and a detested, uh, and he detested tobacco. He hated tobacco. He was also known for his really, really extreme physical condition, which during that era, was really unusual. Like, to have that kind of devotion to fitness, exercise, he was a big boxer. Mm. Uh, He was elected to Senate in 1867 as the leading radical who supported the rights of African Americans during Reconstruction. Mm. Uh, At the age of 17, he opted to forgo a college education in in favor of studying law under Joshua Spencer and Francis Kernan in Utica, New York. He was originally born in Albany. That's what brought him here. Mm. Uh, Roscoe immediately made an impression uh, when asked to supply a Whig orator who could stand up to a Democratic bully at a vocal uh, village meeting, Spencer's response was, I shall send Mr. Conkling. I think he will make himself heard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, He quickly... Uh, integrate himself into the society in Utica, New York, uh, he certainly made himself heard on a variety of issues, especially those concerning human rights. Uh, for example, even though he was only 18, Roscoe's deep sympathy for the sufferers, uh, sufferers of the Great Famine in Ireland led him to speak on behalf of victims of starvation at various venues across central New York. Uh, he was then elected to mayor of Utica in 19- 1858, he was also then elected to a Republican uh, as a Republican to the thirty sixth and thirty seventh United States Congresses before holding office from March fourth, eighteen fifty nine, uh, to eighteen sixty three. Uh, Conkling was elected as a senator. Let me see here. I'm trying to find. It. He stood out as one of the spokesmen for the president during this time. This was President Grant's administration. He was a highly uh, he was a highly revered figure in the Grant administration uh, from sixty eight through eighteen seventy seven. Mm. Okay. Uh, he helped draft the 14th and 15th Amendments to the Constitution. He favored equal rights for ex-slaves and reduced rights for ex-Confederates. Boom! I like his style already. <laughs> uh, Look at that. Active in framing and pushing through con- uh, pushing through Congress, the Reconstruction Legislature, and was instrumental in the passage of the Second Civil Rights Act in 1876. Uh, he also controlled patronage, which is the idea of giving jobs to your family members, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, patron giving jobs to patrons for favors, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he supported Ulysses S. Grant, he did not support Grant's Civil Service Commission's reform initiatives. He also refused to accept his nomination as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, believing his talents, belo- uh, talents belonged in the Senate, and his control over patronage in New York led to a bitter lifetime conflict between Conkling and President Rutherford B. Hayes. Known Rivals. Mm. Uh, on the uh, on the personal side, Conkling had a reputation as a womanizer and a philanderer. Mm. The guy, he had that great body. He was working out all the time. Must be it. <laughs> That's constantly... why he was working out, because he was always philandering. Uh, accused... He had to stay small. I bet he didn't have any shirts
2: that he was waiting Never. for to come back and fit. <laughs> no, he was
0: accused of having an affair with a married uh, woman. Mm. Uh, Kate Sprague, who was the daughter of Salmon Chase and the wife of William Spraug IV, Mr. Sprout confronted the philandering couple at their Rhode Island summer home and pursued Conkling with a shotgun. Mm. Classic. Uh, on March 12, 1888, this, this is the most typical thing for me from this era, uh, during the Great Blizzard, Conkling attempted to walk three miles from his law office on Wall Street to his home on 25th Street near Madison Square Garden. Mm. Uh, I guess we just called it Madison Square. He made it as far as Union Square before collapsing. He contracted pneumonia and died several weeks later. Which is how you would die in that era. Well, I'm just going to take a three-mile walk home. Oh, now I'm cold. Now I got pneumonia. Now I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Before his death, uh, he did reconcile with his wife, and both his wife and daughters were with him on his deathbed when he died. Today, you can visit the grave of Roscoe Conkling at Forest Hill Cemetery. Right up the street. In Utica, New York. So, yeah, there you go. There's your brief overall history lesson of Utica legend Roscoe Conkling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, another side note I found out about him. Roscoe Conkling Arbuckle, a.k.a. Fatty Arbuckle, was named after Roscoe Conkling.
2: Oh, how interesting.
0: And you know why? He, the dad hated Roscoe Conkling. And he named his son Roscoe Conkling as like a, a knock on his phone. Fl- There's some reason why. I read this.
2: I'm going to pull it up I for you. I hate you so much. I'm going to name my kid after you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. Roscoe Conkling, Fatty Arbuckle. It's like these preachers they find screaming about gay yeah. folks that they find in, like, airport bathrooms with another dude. It's like, hey, okay, buddy, you hate Roscoe Conkling. I, uh, A little jealous of that body, I think, Mr. Arbuckle.
0: <laughs> yeah, you saw all that working out in boxing <laughs> that Roscoe was doing. Uh,
2: yeah, so I, I say this all the time.
0: One of the great joys I find about living on the East Coast mm. is just the 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 weird connections between all these towns and original colonies and, like, deep American revolutionary history. I love it. Like, I love all the Utica connections to, like, Albany and New York during this time. Mm. Uh, I just find it very fascinating that you can go see these things pretty closely.
2: I think I think what it, what it is for me, at least, it's interesting to live in an area where the history does run so deep and people have been here since settlers first showed up. You know what I mean? It's interesting to live oh, in yeah. an area where uh, the different, like, homes and towns and buildings can be traced back mm. to you know even pre-revolutionary war sometimes whereas in further parts west of the country or various areas in the country that weren't as thoroughly settled you don't see especially as a great appreciator of like architecture and buildings Mm -hmm. and like old houses and stuff like that you know i'd love living in an area where you can see all that kind of stuff in every single town you go to for the most (laughs) part i shan't have tobacco i must punch this heavy bag and (laughs) work (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: Roscoe Conklin I mean that's that's the guy that's why we have Conklin School we have Conklin Ave we have Conklin Park
0: there are three different cities across the country not in New York that are named for Roscoe Conklin by oh, the cool. way good so it's not just in Utica in the surrounding areas good for him
2: old Roscoe uh,
0: yes there you go uh, I do have two shorter history lessons we'll do right at the you end here
2: just, you lied I said we'll have two quick ones. Uh-huh. On this day,
0: 1965, uh-huh. in his State of the Union address, President Lyndon Baines Johnson lays out a laundry list of legislation needed to achieve his plan for a quote-unquote great society. Mm. On the heels of JFK's tragic death, Americans elected Johnson to the presidency by the largest popular vote in the nation's history at that time. Uh, Johnson used his mandate to push for improvements he believed would better Americans' quality of life. Uh, following Johnson's lead, Congress enacted sweeping legislation in the areas of civil rights, health care, education, and the environment. 1965 State of the Union Address uh, heralded the creation of Medicare, Medicaid, Head Start, the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, Mm -hmm. uh, and the White House Conference on National Beauty. Uh, He also signed the National Foundation of Arts and Humanities Act, out of which emerged the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Uh, Through the Economic Opportunity Act, Johnson fought a war on poverty by implanting... uh, Improvements, uh, implementing improvements in his early, in ch- early childhood education and fair employment policies. He was also a strong advocate for conservation, proposing the creation of a green legacy through preserving natural areas, open spaces, shorelines, and building more urban parks. In addition, he stepped up research and legislation regarding air and water pollution-controlled measures. Uh, under Kennedy, then-Vice President Johnson led the government's quest to develop American excellence in sciences. As president, the outgoing technology race with the Soviet Union— spur Johnson to continue the vigorous national program of space exploration begun by his predecessor. During his presidency, the National Air and Space Administration uh, achieved the extraordinary, unprecedented accomplishment of orbiting a man on the moon. Though many of Johnson's programs remain in place today, his legacy of a great society has been largely overshadowed by his decision to involve greater numbers of American soldiers in the highly controversial Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I got for LBJ. LBJ, good one. A lot of he's programs.
2: A, tons, <laughs> tons. Tons of programs. He's a very interesting president. Did a lot of stuff. He's uh sorry, he gets he's a little bit underrated and overlooked in uh, latter half twentieth century history. Because the JFK he stuff sucks, sucks up all the stuff. between the JFK yeah. stuff and the Vietnam stuff, yeah. you do forget about a lot of that stuff in the middle.
0: And then we gotta talk about her. I know people get mad when you talk about, it, about Nancy Pelosi. We're gonna talk about her for a second on two thousand and seven. She became the first female speaker of the house when John Boehner handed the gavel over to Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic representative from California. Mm. She became the first woman to hold the Speaker of the House position. It is a historic moment for the Congress and a historic moment for the women of this country. It is a moment which we have waited for over 200 years, Pelosi said, after receiving the gavel. For our daughters and granddaughters today, we have broken the marble ceiling. For our daughters and our granddaughters, the sky's the limit. Anything is possible for them. Mm. Uh, Poe's career began 20 years before. She was one of only 25 women who served in both the House and the Senate. Uh, She became the Democratic whip in 2001 and served as the minority leader between 2003 and her election as Speaker in 2007. Uh, During the 2010 midterms, this is hilarious, the National Republican Congressional Committee cited her in 70% of their ads. Of course they did. Dem- Nancy Pelosi the people who work with Na- yeah that's how this works guys uh Democrats lost their house majority that election and Pelosi returned to her position as minority leader after Democrats became the house in 2018 she received the party's nomination to be the official candidate for Speaker of the House and in 2019 she oversaw the impeachment of Donald Trump I think she was voted in again today
2: uh yesterday yesterday yeah
0: yeah, yeah yeah so there you go Nancy Pelosi people are the people hate Nancy Pelosi they do who do you think people around here irrationally hate more, Nancy around Pelosi or Cuomo? Cuomo.
2: Cuomo. <laughs> the Cuomo haters. Cuomo, but there's nobody. There's nobody. The people around oh, here
0: hate like man. Cuomo. Ah, all right. So uh, let's let's do some light stuff before we head out of here. I don't have too much more today, honestly. This is a funny story. Uh, on Christmas Eve, a gentleman named Thomas Dodd of Stafford, England, had a little, mi- little too much to drink.
2: Mm.
0: While in the midst of his partying... He decided to legally change his name, filled out an application online, paid the $120 fee because he was watching a concert of hers on TV at the time. Mm. He changed his name to Celine Dion. Powerful voice. Overworked Twitter joke of the week from uh, from the Metro was, it's all coming back to him now. Mm. (laughs) He didn't even realize he changed his name. He said that he woke up so drunk he didn't know about it, and he didn't realize he had changed his name until envelopes in his mailbox containing name certification change papers showed up at his door. And he was like, oh, God, what do I do now? <laughs> he's also decided to keep the name, depending on,
2: course of how difficult it makes his life. Yeah, this man's lying. This, he's like, oh, I was drunk. I don't even remember. Oh, that's crazy. I was so drunk. Well, I guess I'll keep it now that I, mm. yeah, okay, buddy. Sure, whatever you, you say want now. You wanted to change that name the whole time. <sighs> oh, I was just so drunk. Uh,
0: all right, let's talk about irrational fears. This is like a dumb thing that I think about all the time. Mm. Uh, more than 9- 190,000 ceiling fans across the country are being recalled by Home Depot because the blades could spin off while use, possibly injuring those nearby. Correct. So if you have a Hampton Bay 54-inch Mara indoor-outdoor fan uh, that you bought for about $150, you should recall that thing. Because those blades are coming for you. Are you faster than the blade? You are not. You are not. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. uh, look at that. It's a huge fan, too. Like, if you Look at the picture of You wouldn't want that hitting you. No.
2: Um,
0: this is something I've thought about in the past. I don't know why. But, like, I had an irrational fear before that, like, your ceiling fan is going to fall on me.
2: Mm.
0: I think there's something about the idea that the fan just sits there and spins constantly. That's its entire job. Uh. It feels like it would
2: naturally be unstable. Like, this thing... <laughs> well, and I think it's also... Like, because... I- so many people who have like with ceiling fans like if you're not doing the maintenance to like tighten them back up and keep them like going that's why you've, you've been places where like the ceiling fan gets rocking ours is like that for a while you turn yeah. it up to the highest setting it's rocking around too <laughs> rocking around <laughs> yeah yeah but also like if you only spent 150 dollars <laughs> on your indoor outdoor ceiling fan like that like that, that's you get what you pay for sometimes What's the cost on a ceiling fan? More than that. Really? For an indoor-outdoor fan that runs with a motor that you install, some big thing like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: Consumers have been urged by the CPSC to stop using the fans immediately and to check them for signs of defects. Those who notice, quote, blade movement or uneven gaps between the blade and fan body during inspection should contact the king of fans for a replacement (laughs) Who's the, who's, oh, the, who's, king of, who's the king, <laughs> the king of, of fans. fans? Is that a website oh, or so
2: something? I don't want a free resume. Oh, oh. What are you going to so,
0: They're a Fort Lauderdale-based distributor of the product. Mm. Sold exclusively by Home Depot. So that makes more sense. I was like, who's the king of fans? Is that a guy? Mm. I'm the king of fans. <laughs> all right. Uh, great stuff. Turn your fan if you got one of these. Uh, weird story this week. Uh, for all you folks who've been eating organic meats, turns out that organic meat production uh, allows... Uh, Organic meat production is found to have roughly the same impact on greenhouse gases as the production of
2: regular Mm -hmm. meats.
0: I mean, I don't know if that
2: should stop. this week's Duh News. Duh News. (laughs)
0: Uh, Speaking of meat, Texas Senator John Cornyn uh, earlier this week got roasted on Twitter because he posted a picture of his very sad Christmas-looking brisket, and people have been killing him about it. Mm. It's one of the worst-looking... This guy lives in Texas. (laughs) You should do better than this, my dude. Mm. I'm from New York. I could do... Also,
2: I think the picture he took is very poor. The picture he took is very poor. When he and to be fair, like John Cornyn, dude, terrible guy, Aw, terrible human being, like the not, worst, not yeah. really a good guy, all that stuff. But when he put out like his explanation, like, oh, this is how we made this is a different from like the regular smoked barbecue Texas brisket you think of this is a different kind of thing. Still didn't look good, but I, I'm not surprised. These people, he's he's a he's a conservative senator. I don't, conservatives yeah. don't like seasoning. Uh, a he lot of <laughs> wanting <seasoning> <laughs> A
0: lot of people felt like this was painfully tone deaf by the way.
2: yeah, it's tough.
0: Um, it's a tough look. He pointed out that Senator seems blissfully unaware that 31 percent of Texans are now food insecure during the uh, due the pandemic and 2.5 million Texas households didn't have enough food in November. Mm. Um, I'll say this my issue initially is you need to know when your food pictures look good. You need to know, like, when you
2: took that picture, they're like, this doesn't look appealing. That's a man in his 70s. <sighs> I don't know, man. He's you not, gotta... he's, not some, hes not some 21-year-old, like, no, e-girl no. on TikTok. No, that's true. You know, he doesn't know. He's like, yeah, there's the brisket. That's what it looks like. That's <laughs> fine. These are the people who used to buy disposable cameras and then frame the things that uh, came out of those disposable cameras. A lot
0: of people just like, dang, you even ruined brisket? It's question mark? Uh,
2: surprise.
0: Uh, speaking of people who didn't read the room very well, uh, country star Blake Shelton is getting smashed over his new track that came out this week. Minimum wage, uh, which he uses lyrics like, girl, your love can make a man feel rich when he's on minimum wage, which he says is a song about him and his wife Gwen Stefani, except both of them are loaded. Yeah, that's (laughs) gross. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Feels a little tone deaf again. Uh, So this might be tone deaf corner between John Cornyn and Blake Shelton. Also, that's only, uh, you wrote that lyric, bro. Like, I'm not even saying, like, it's insensitive. Like, that makes me cringe listening to it. Like, girl, your love can make a man feel rich on minimum wage? It's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible, terrible. What do you rhyme it with? Terrible. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, dragged on social media for this by people Mm -hmm. who, again, felt like he wasn't reading the room. Mm. Maybe that'll be a new segment going forward. Read the room. Uh, Here's a good story for you. Uh, Be glad this guy isn't your friend. This is from North Carolina earlier this week. A Willingston, North Dakota man is accused of kicking in the front door of a house of his ex coworker after he did not reply to his Facebook friend request.
2: Jesus.
0: <laughs> how many... I gotta tell you, there are probably... And I don't mean this in a bad... I'm sorry, folks, if you're offended by this, if you're one of these people. There are probably a hundred people in my Facebook friend request folder. And I don't know how to get there. And it pops up every now and then. It's like this person has. Will you accept this friend request? And I just never do it. Mm. I never accept it. I don't. I don't want any more people on Facebook. Mm. I just don't accept any of them. So if you're one of those people who like sent me a friend request and I like know you in real life, you're like, why didn't you add me? It's because you're probably in a list of like eighty people that I'm just like, nope, not. I'm. am done. I've reached mm. a. Mi- I've reached my limit for Facebook friends. I don't no need new friends. No new friends. I see. No new Facebook friends. I don't
2: get the. I don't get. Uh, it happens to me sometimes where I'll. Certainly, nobody would ever like ask. I don't that, that I know like about or like oh you didn't accept my friend request. But I'm with you in the sense like I don't get push notifications on my phone for Facebook. Yeah. So and if I don't look, I just don't mm. see. You know, same thing with like messages or something like that. It's just not yeah. But I mean, going and kicking in somebody's door because they didn't accept your friend request—that's I, I don't know something else going on there.
0: <laughs> let's uh let's take a little doomsday report. We'll report. Sure. Let's talk about Stephen King. Stephen King was on uh, a 24-minute podcast on NPR this week. Uh, I think it was Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Mm. And he's apologizing for all the people who feel like they're stuck in a Stephen King novel currently. Mm. Uh, Here's what he says. Uh, Well, it is... uh, He got asked by Terry Gross, "Uh, I'm so glad that you're here. The pandemic is the closest thing you've come to living in one of your own... She asked him, is this the closest you've ever been to living in one of your own horror stories? Mm. To which he said, well, it is and it isn't. I had a lot of people get in touch with me after Donald Trump got elected and said that this is just like the dead zone, that there's a character in the dead zone that reminds people of Trump. Sure. Uh, so this is the second time. And now that Trump is actually president of the United States and there's a pandemic worldwide, uh, it almost seems like these two books, The Stand and The Dead Zone, have cross-pollinated somehow. Mm. I'm not, it's not very comfortable to me. And I keep having people say, gee, it's like we're living in a Stephen King story. And my only response to this is, I'm sorry. So Stephen <laughs> King apologizes to all of us for, uh, for making us live in the stand.
2: Oh. Uh, I encourage those people to read the rest of the stand. Yeah, because you're not you're not quite there yet.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of what sounds like a really terrible Stephen King story, uh, it's been it's been said earlier this week that New York residents have been attacked in a Queens neighborhood for weeks by several aggressive squirrels. Mm. Uh, squirrels have been attacking people, biting them to the point where they're getting bloody messes. They're jumping on people's backs. No mm. one's sure. Why the squirrels are attacking unprovoked, but it's mm. been going on for weeks.
2: Do you think that's like a sign that this is the end times? Are the squirrels going to be the ones that come get us? We got squirrels out front of the house. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. If, if New York City rodents were the bar upon which we judge the coming of the end times, I think it would have been over a very long time ago. <laughs> very, very long time ago. <laughs> uh,
0: this is from a resident uh, who said, who talked about their experience. We were wrestling in the snow, and there was blood everywhere. And my fingers got chewed up, and the damn thing wouldn't go, uh, wouldn't let go. Said Frederick. Eventually, it just stopped, and I was a big bloody mess. The squirrels are aggressively going after people. Dear God, so beware of the squirrels in New York mm-hmm. if you're out in New York this week, folks. Uh, let's do a last one here. This is one from Canada. Eh? A little hey. Canadian news. Uh, Canada this week released their top ten. Annual nuisance calls for things that you should not call 911 about. They release this every year. Right. You ready for the list? Sure. Top 10 things in Canada you should not call 911 for. Number 10, to ask for help after getting locked out of your car. It is not a 911 job. Definitely not. Number 9, to confirm the time. Unbelievable. (laughs) Number 8, to inquire about how to enter a career in law enforcement. 911, I need a job. Uh, number seven, to report a neighbor for smoking in a non-smoking building. It's like you put that to your super or your landlord, I would imagine. Uh, number six, to report that a bank card was stuck in the ATM. Not a job for 911. Number five, to complain that a mattress purchased secondhand was more soiled than advertised. <laughs> number four, uh, to ask for assistance applying for CERB, which I assume is some version of Canadian welfare. Sure. Uh, number three. To ask if having trampoline is illegal during the pandemic. Number two, to inquire if there is a full lockdown during the pandemic. And the number one reason not to call Canadian nine one one in twenty twenty is to complain that your food delivery driver did not deliver their meal. Apparently, this was the largest complaint on the on Canada's nine one one call this year. Twenty twenty is over, guys. We made it. We survived to the end uh 2021 looking up Uh, let's do a quick uh let's do a quick mailbag question and then we'll uh we'll do spotify stuff and we'll leave. all right kevin uh here's a here's a question for you hit me name an objectively bad movie television book whatever that you still ride for
2: oh i got plenty of i feel like i got plenty of all of those (laughs) Um, <laughs> I got two movies I can start with. Yeah. Hit, hit me with yours so I can think for a second. I'd first, like to give a good answer instead of scrambling and then thinking up the yeah, good yeah. one after. My first two movies are both kind of in the same vein. Mm-hmm. One is Almost
0: Heroes, starring Chris Farley oh, that's great and movie. Matthew Perry. That's I would not s- an objectively bad. What, what is objectively bad?
1: That's I would movie. say that
0: most people assume that's a bad movie. Assume. And I would say that I wouldn't argue that it's, a f- it's certainly not even the best comedy movie I've ever seen. That movie is underrated for how funny it is. I don't think it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's got some great stuff in it. Okay. Uh, and the other one is, I don't know if this is an objectively bad movie, but I really like the movie Maverick. You Remember the movie Maverick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was like pretty well, not well received when it came out, I feel like. Mm. And I, I could be wrong. I have to go do my research to see what like the response was for critics. But I feel like when that movie came out, I really liked it. And then no one ever talked about it. No one cared about it ever for the next like 30 years. So, yeah, that's fair. Uh, those
2: are two. I mean, most of the stuff I ride for that... Damn, I just had one. And then I heard on a podcast the other day, too. I heard a movie where they really go, this movie's obviously terrible. I'm like, that's an amazing movie. And I can't remember what it is now. Is it Face-Off? No, it's definitely not Face-Off. Is it Con Air? Face-Off's not very really good. Con Air's better than Face-Off.
0: Both of those movies are objectively bad. Not like both of them. No, Con, Con, Con Air any, and face Well, Con hit her. <laughs> yeah, sure. I both of those movies are could I I could fit both of those movies on this list. I actually don't have a lot of books that I think are terrible, but I still like.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's I, a tough b- books one. Books is a little harder, certainly. Shows sixty percent of the shows I've ever seen and liked.
0: Most adult cartoons: Venture mm-hmm. Brothers, Bob's Burgers. Oh, that's fair. I uh, know, no, people but, like Bob's yeah, Burgers. Yeah, aren't People like spot burgers, I guess. I think
2: objectively bad becomes a tough, becomes tough phrasing in this. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean,
0: I guess objectively unpopular, right? One are the most unpopular things that you ride for, I suppose, is an easier way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Or just with something you watch and like, I know this sucks, but I still like it. I think Professional is, it's Professional wrestling. That's a huge one. I mean, that's it, right? That's, that's the answer. That's a huge one. Yeah. Still a lot of that knowing that, like, this is abject trash. <laughs> abject garbage. Yeah. I'm and sure... even, like, my, the most passionate wrestling fans I know of my life, which is, like, you and, and GFOP Justin, that, at, you know, daily, every time it's on, like, big, this is awful. A big this part is of, awful. A big part of wrestling has been complaining
0: about wrestling over the years. I do think it's gotten out of hand mm. in the last five years, right? Mm. Just people, like, just hating it. Sure. Like, it's like... There's not that much difference between, like... That's why I never rag on anybody for being like, oh, I love the Real Housewives in New York. I'm like, ooh, what a lame show. It's like, hey, whatever, man, whatever you like. Like what oh, you yeah, like. Oh, big time. You know, big time. Like who gives a like? shit? Uh, so there you go. That's my...
2: That's all I really had for you was Maverick, Almost Heroes, Wrestling. Oh, man, I've got so many... I wish, I wish I had had this question to think about for a minute before we did it because I've got so many outside on the edge... Um Ah, uh, but I can't. Uh, I can. I can never do questions like this on the spot. I've like got to think about a list or a ranking. I should have given. I'm it not to a you. on the fly guy with that stuff. I should have given it to you
0: before this. I'm oh, sorry. There's so
2: many. there's something I just heard in the 95 movie draft on the big picture. 95 that, movie draft. Yeah, they just oh, put out the 95 movie draft like a week ago, and there was something on that. Devil's Advocate. Laughing about it. No, that's a good movie. A good movie. <laughs> Is it a good movie? I like it. Yeah, it's. Great. Is, oh man, it's great. I'm going to watch it right now. Great. People are upset. People are just <laughs> upset. Not everything's going to be Citizen Kane, man. It's just not. I don't want everything to be Citizen Kane.
0: All right. I got uh, I got my Spotify picks here for you. As I mentioned, I'm going to do the MF... I'll put an MF Doom song, and I'll put that Jerry and the Pacemaker song on there. So I'll have to delete... Uh, I guess I'll delete these two songs, which you will, you'll never know. Cool. Um, but I will highlight one song because it made me feel really old. Uh, let's go with the song Floating Vibes. By the band Surfer Blood, which I just found out released the 10th anniversary of their solo, their first debut album earlier this year, mm. into, or, or earlier in 2020. I can't believe that Surfer Blood album is 10 years old. I'm blown away. Dear God, I'm old. I feel so old. I've never felt so old. Really? With Surfer Blood is within it? I thought Surfer Blood came out like three years ago. <laughs> I don't know. I just lost track of time. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. So, yeah, the 10th anniversary of Surfer Blood's album, Astro Coast. So, I put the song Floating Vibes. It's a good song. You've probably heard it already. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and then that, I'll leave it at that. That's my pick for the week. Man,
2: I'll definitely throw something uh, from MF Doom on there. I'm not sure what. i got to take a look. Um, as far as other stuff to put on there, I feel like it's going to be... A bit of a grab bag i gotta go in and take a look i've been listening to i've been listening to a lot of like weird stuff in the last week i've been listening to like versions of things and looking at some different things yeah because i was reading i read a i read a music book and i was listening to a new music podcast so it's had me going back and looking at stuff um i'll probably throw a weezer song on there this week mm. though, i just listened to a really good podcast about the first two weezer albums and weezer's ensuing career and i was listening to some weezer after that so i might throw a weezer song on there for for the old school mm. do it for the old school i love it <laughs> see how it looks all right, thanks again to Devin Mahoney and all of our pals over at the Uptown
0: Theater for Creative Arts. Uh, keep doing your thing, guys. Keep 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 mm-hmm. reaching for those stars. Supporting you guys. Uh, shout out to Heather Wise. I uh, still got a little bit of scotch left, but it won't be here long. I almost drank it today. If it was a little later in the day, I would have started to it. Uh, that's it. You can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are on all social media platforms except, I guess, TikTok. Oh,
2: yeah. We're not on TikTok. We're not on... I think there's there's just more now. We're not on Snapchat. You can Snapchat Snapchat us. But I never use it. Whoa. Because I feel weird about it. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies first. Snapchat Sam. Send him snaps. I've been on Snapchat for a minute. I I don't know what... Snapchat was the
0: reason that I gave up on social media it was too that was the one where i was like this is this is more than i can handle mm. instagram pictures twitter one-liners I'm not facebook interest- family connection i'm not That's interested
2: it. in recording videos of myself no. on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis absolutely i not. don't feel like i have anything to offer in a video and no. it's like what do people want to no. see me on the video talking about my uh, whatever you thought all my credibility goes nobody down wants that for me. my credibility goes immediately this is already downhill too much of me for the people when they, they see my
0: face I guess that's uh, that's where we are. our Humanoids. Yeah, yeah. Get tight. Woodstock lives. We will see you next week for another episode of the Utacast, and I'll be 35 years Oh, coming up. I hate to see it. Oh, it's great. Great it. to see it. Getting into it.